Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. Having a green thumb is a good way to earn a living. Agriculture was the first big business, in fact. It created the marketplace in a lot of ways, and maybe even civilization itself. Of course, going green has an entirely new meaning these days, and I'm not talking about the Green New Deal. I'm talking about cannabis. The medicinal properties of marijuana have been known for ages, and believe it or not, Louisiana was actually one of the first states to recognize that, passing legislation decades ago that's actually sat frozen on the books for some time. But over the last couple of years, Louisiana's opened up the cannabis and CBD market in the state, albeit with a tight regulatory grip. My guest, Crystal Grayson and her husband, Matt, uh, seized on that new opportunity in 2020, launching Zerillo. Um, Zerillo is a CBD shop, and you can buy Zerillo products, but it operates also like a co-op. Crystal and Matt seed, grow, and process their own products, and they help other farmers do it too. Their farm is located in Broussard, and it's also operating under the umbrella of the company Grassmasters, which includes Matt's lawn care and landscaping business. Crystal also works as an escrow officer for a title company. Crystal Grayson, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hi, thank you for having me. When you think of green, you might also think of the Emerald Isle. My next guest, Tony Davern, hails from Ireland, but settled in Louisiana with his wife. Tony is also in the landscaping business with his company, Irish Guy Landscaping, fitting title. But you might also know him through his work in the traditional music scene. Tony is passionate about the crossroads of Celtic and Acadian culture. Uh, He's the creator and director of the Celtic Bayou Festival and also runs an Irish dance summer camp with his wife. Tony and Sheila met while touring the U.S. as part of Riverdance, and now they live in Sunset, where Tony has been perfecting his recipe for smoked sausage. Tony Davron, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me, Christian. You know, uh, Crystal, a while back, I thought to myself, I should try a CBD product, and I was, like, having some trouble sleeping, having some, like, back pain. And I went on Dr. Google and started looking for, for, for products, and I was just, like, overwhelmed by what I found. And so it it just, there's so many of these things. And I started thinking about this later on, like, how does a company like yours even begin to sort of try to separate like your products from others in the market? Because people might come and say like, you know, how how do I know these AM and PM pills are better than company B's? I mean, who's reputable? How, How do we do that? It's all about how that company processes and markets themselves. My suggestion is one, of course, do research, Google, however you want to look into the information. But we strive on being locally grown from start to finish. So you know you're getting a pure product. We don't use any chemicals, any pesticides in processing any of our flour while it's grown and or processed. So it's it's all about how that company processes their product to to know what you're buying, whether it's good or not. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting because it's like, I would assume, and just correct me if I'm wrong here, like they probably would come with, like you go to like a, a vitamin store, right? And it always says like, you know, these claims have not been verified by the Food and Drug Administration or whatever. Correct. <laughs> right, so you're, you're dealing with a similar sort of thing where you're saying like, look, um, this product can help you sleep or it might be good for, for muscle tension. I mean, you know, how do we, like how do customers like have really a good sense that, that the claims are as effective as they appear on the, the So bottom. all of our products on our website are linked, and there's a, there's a QR code on our products that's linked to what's called a certificate of analysis. It's a COA on our website. That's going to show the lab where those seeds came from. It's going to show 
all the background on that on that particular product and it's also registered with the state. So when buying a CBD product, you want to make sure it's registered with the state because that means it's going through the Department of Health for registration so you know that the products that are in there are good products. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that there was that level of like certification going on there. And, Correct. You know, Tony, I was thinking the other day that like, you know, of course I always do this, Grant books these shows and I'm thinking to myself like, how am I going to bring these people together? <laughs> but that, like, you know, if you're in the landscaping business, right, uh, and of course you do more than that, uh, you know, that they're, they're, one thing that you're dealing with is, is, is running a business that like, you know, some people might just sort of show up, right, and just do the kind of work. A guy can walk, drive to my neighborhood and say like, I'll cut your lawn for $25. And so to some extent, like, you know, you're, you're having to say like, hey, I'm a licensed landscaper, I do all these kinds of things. So, so how, do you, how do you go about building a business around, you know, uh, uh, a skill set that sometimes somebody could say like, well, I'll pay the kid down the street $25 to do that. Where, how, do you, how do you begin that? It's the same as what Crystal is saying. It's just information, you know, yeah. just getting the information out there and your product as well. Yeah. You know, uh, I learned very early on. I'm not very good at business. I don't come from a business background. I just end up in the middle of business situations a lot. Uh, but I'm a talker and, uh, and I'm a worker. And uh, I'm very proud of, of anything I'm involved in. I want it to be as high quality as possible. And when it came to landscaping, it was the same thing. We're not on a large scale, so we focus on a micro scale, mainly, uh, you know, residential. And uh, just trying to do it. My, my goal is we don't leave uh, anyone's property until they allow me to leave, until they're happy with everything. And once I get that, then we can move on. And that, that generally works for me, is just keeping the client happy and doing that as we progress down the road. Do, do you, do, does, does being a good landscaper, I mean, does it involve actually understanding how plants grow? I feel like that's a stupid question, but yeah. like I've been in situations where like I'm like mowing my lawn and I'm like, I would love it if somebody could actually explain to me like why my grass is terrible. Not just sort of like, here's some green and seed and feed, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think Crystal will agree. It's not, you know, it's not rocket science to a degree. There's a, it's very formulaic depending on the plants you're dealing with. But yes, you've got to have that understanding of why, why something is not growing well or what, which disease is affecting it, whether it's, you know, a fungus or an insect or whatever. So you just, you've got to know your stuff, you know. And you find down here is a lot of people just uh, think because they, they, they might have lost their job or moved out of one field they have a truck and a trailer and a shovel and the way they go to work. And there's a lot of that down here too. Yeah. There is. So Crystal, I mean, I, I'm just curious, like does cannabis grow particularly well in Louisiana? I mean, I know it's, you know, it does. seems like a hardy plant, but it, it does. Um, the climate's good down here for it, but we grow indoors. Okay. Um, we, we tried a crop last year outdoors. Um, one of the multiple hurricanes, you know, took, took control of it, I guess you could say. But growing indoors, we're allowed to control the temperature, the lighting. We could tell the plant when to flower. My husband's very good about taking, we have our mother plants that we started with last year. We clone off of those. We get plants ready for our new farmers coming in. That way they don't have to start from seedlings. And then we, you know, we, we follow them along the way, but he keeps everything under lights until it's ready, hmm. until he's ready for it to flower. His, when you guys took that first dive into it, I mean, obviously he's got a background, it sounds right, in growing things. But, I mean, was it, you know, a fairly easy thing to adapt to? Or were, were there particular, you know, challenges to figuring out how to grow this stuff properly? Honestly, the hardest challenges were figuring out the rules and regulations that you had to follow that the state had put mm -hmm. into effect. You know, making sure you had the right insurance and the mm -hmm. right licensing and the right 
um, everything that they wanted, the, you know, certain reports at certain times. But as far as the growing side of it, I wasn't involved in it as much as he was, but it's probably he never part, lost anything, so that's a good thing, um, like besides the crop that we lost from the hurricane. But, um, no, I mean, we had a very successful year last year. I know a lot of farmers did lose a lot because they chose to grow outside, and we unfortunately were hit by some pretty bad storms last summer. But all of our indoor stuff is, is done fine. We've actually moved into a 6,000-square-foot facility because we did so well last year. Wow, wow. Tony, you, you are obviously doing landscaping, that's seasonal business, I imagine, when you're also doing your other passion, right, which is developing mm -hmm. the festivals and stuff. Has it been difficult to, like, sustain work in that way? I mean, if you're moving from gig to gig, I mean, how does that, how do you, I guess what I'm asking is, like, how do you juggle all that? It's right? not easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I mean, uh, again, I have to emphasize we're on a pretty small scale, you know, compared yeah. to some of the bigger guys out there, which is fine with me. My main focus is on our summer camp programs with my wife. Mm -hmm. You know, that's our main source of income. And it's our passion, you know, that's the, you know, I'm passionate about landscaping, of course, but, you know, music and dance and the summer camps that we invented and have been maintaining for the last 21 years are, you know, are, are important focus for us. So, yeah, I got to juggle maintaining that. Now, my wife does most of the office work. The office is on site at the house, so she takes care of the actual, you know, the running of the camp as far as paperwork and forms and everything. But uh, once the summer comes along and that's busy time for a landscaper, I literally down tools and head off to New York and California for two months or a little longer. So, yeah, um, I've worked out a system where I hire uh, people that have the same schedule as me, which, as you know, tends to be musicians. They're busy <laughs> in the summer. And I've been lucky to find some great musicians who are also fantastic uh, workers, learn quick on the job have a passion for plants and for art and you know i consider landscaping a form of art you absolutely know, everything from the start where you design uh, and then install and then that last feeling you get when you stand back and look at what you created you know so they get that too so uh that's how i manage to maintain you know the irish guy landscaping uh, work schedule and then they understand when we have festivals and generally they're involved in the festivals too and are either working to help set things up or indeed part of the festival itself. So it's fun. We've we figured it out. It's fun, but mm -hmm. it's still, you know, it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of, as you said, juggling. So you, you said that, you know, you felt like it's an, an art form, Crystal, like you... It is. it is. I mean, it, it is because it's it's a form of art. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. You're, you're literally, your canvas is a flower bed and you're... You're putting the work into that flower bed. I mean, he's right. When you step back and look at your finished product, it's just, it's a, I don't it's know. A, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's rewarding. It's, very I mean, rewarding. it's rewarding to say I did that and it looks good. And even if you have new people that you've taken on, the work is very hard. I mean, yes. especially in Louisiana and the heat, mm -hmm. uh, it can be, you know, ridiculously hard and the rain and you're always dodging some form of weather as we know. Uh, but that, you know, I've, I, I have a, uh, a process where I watch new people that I've hired and they've done a week digging and hauling and throwing rock around and flagstone and iron and all the various things involved but there's that moment where they've seen it on the paper the plants arrive finally you got your irrigation in and you put the plants in and you mulch and you all stand back and that is a, a very rewarding you know, and you know that's where the art is, isn't it? And then when the client sees it too, right? Just the seeing the, the the joy on the client's face makes it makes all the hard work worth it. Hmm.
You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking with Tony Davern of Irish Guy Landscaping and Crystal Grayson of Zerillo Cannabis. Crystal, you know, this kind of brings something about something that popped in my head is like, you know, when you're growing, right, um, and you get, but you guys aren't just like growing the raw product. I mean, you're creating the material that the product is going to end up on the shelf, so to speak. I mean, you know, how did you even arrive at whatever, you know, compounding version of that, right? I mean, I imagine well, similar kind of process. I mean, you having to have a vision for where you're trying to get with what it does. I mean, how does is, that work? It is. So as of right now, all we're processing is our flower. Yeah. And it stays in the flower form. Um, and we also process the, the, the keep that comes off the flowers, the powder that comes off the flower. Um, our oils that we're currently using are being extracted by Louisiana hemp extractors out of Barneville, Louisiana. And our pet line and our gummies are also out uh, from Crescent Cannabis out of uh, New Orleans. So all the companies that we deal with for the products that we don't make in-house yet are all licensed by the state, recommended to us by the state's websites. And they have everything in line that they need for us to be legal to be able to sell their products as well. So we have a variety of everything, and and we have a variety of CBD and CBG in all forms to fit everybody's needs. Because not everybody's going to like the flour. Not everybody's going to like the taste of the oil. Um, we do flavor the oil to kind of help with that. But it, it all depends on what that person's looking for and then it, the, the age of the person and, the, you know, their um, health aspects and, you know, what medicines they're on and different things. Of course, we tell everybody consult with your doctor before taking, but most doctors are pretty open to it. And we um, we have a learning center inside of our processing center where we're going to be offering classes to the general public, um, employees of, of other CBD shops in town to teach them the proper usage of cannabis, proper things to tell people. And we're going to have different doctors and holistic medicine people there doing, you know, helping us teach those classes and, and get the I guess get people to understand that it's not, it's not a drug. It's not as bad as what people think. Mm-hmm. It, isn't it amazing how quick, especially the older generation, have kind of accepted and latched on to CBD yes. products in particular? They have. They have. So every weekend we have a booth set up at the Jockey Lot um, just to kind of help get our name out there. And um, we're set up as a special vendor through the ATC, so we're able to sell there. That's that's our biggest followers is the the older generation because they want to get off all this medicine. They want to get mm-hmm. off their, their pain pills and their blood pressure medicine and different things like that. Of course, we tell them, again, consult with your doctor because we are not physicians. But that is our biggest clientele base is is the older people. Now we have our younger people that enjoy the flower and different things. But we have, I mean... The, the repeat customers and the stories we've gotten back. I had one girl come and pick up some oil the other day because she had some side effects from a surgery that she had, and she was just in pain, and she was tired of taking narcotics. And she took our oil, and we gave her some of our salve, and she called me that next morning in tears, and she said, this is the first time since I've had my surgery I don't hurt. So that right there makes all the hard work, all the time missed with my kids because we're working. I'm working two jobs, three jobs. It makes it worth it. I know one day this is going to pay off. I wonder if, you know, you talk about it be surprising about the older folks. You know, I've had people on the show, you know, talking about, like, Manglier tea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there is a tradition out here, and I'm sure in most cultures, I would imagine in Irish culture, oh, yeah. too, you know, yeah. about, like, you know, herbal healing. Folk medicine. That, oh, yes. like, I mean, maybe we're detached from. People under, I mean, I'm, I'm 37, but, like, people are, can get detached from, but, like, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even in the ca- even in the Cajun culture, I mean, yeah. you talk to these older, you know, mama and papas out there, and yeah. they'll tell you about different herbs and things to use yeah. before going to a pharmacy or a, or a doctor's office. So, I mean, it, I think it is in every culture. It's just different, you know, yeah. based on how that they were raised or what's available in that 
you know, that area of the world. But yeah, I think the I agree. easiest thing about the product you're marketing is that it's so easy to connect people to it because you know it is the the unnatural thing is what they're on now right you oh know, absolutely for the and last it, it, 50 years you know we got away from stuff that was proven to work mm-hmm. and whether it was you know some kind of herb or berry that you know that we don't use anymore but people are starting to come back to that you know this natural medicine right and my biggest medicine. yeah exactly my biggest thing is people don't realize your body already has an inner cannabinoid system hmm. so by feeding it that cannabis and that cbd or the cbg or whatever whatever strand that you're pulling off of that plant you're activating that you're activating those receptors within your body to tell your body not to hurt not to be hungry you know there's different different strands that go for different things but your body i mean you're naturally born with it and the only time your inner cannabinoid system is fed is when you're breastfed as a baby when you're first born through colostrum other than that you don't get it unless you feed your body that that's cool that cbd tony what's the what's the irish folk herb uh whiskey We got we got a well, lot. Cajuns Cajuns have a lot in common then. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, there's I've always said it. There's a huge you know there's a, a, a huge amount in common with the Irish culture and the culture in Louisiana. Very similar, uh, down to the folk medicine. I mean, we've got a lot of seventh sons. You know, we still got people that that treat ringworm and and all kinds of skin ailments with, you know, Kyo's blood. You know, so if you're a certain member of a certain family at a certain age then you have a prayer that you can say to heal stuff and hey it works you know and then there's there's always been a lot of uh, you know natural herbs and stuff that we use to to cure ailments in mm. ireland so yeah we got a lot of th- same things in common it's yeah, really it's interesting like to, a, um, a, they call the traitor over here mm-hmm. yeah where they it, just you know they pray over you and I, I mean i can remember being little and going my parents bringing us to one for a sunstroke or you know whatever the case was and it always seemed to help so we didn't have sunstroke was never a problem in ireland well yeah no i would assume not (laughs) uh i mean is 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 i guess one thing i've noticed is a treater culture has become something that's marketable to some extent right and i don't mean that cynically i mean like i said i mean i've had people on that sell monthly at they they sell these sort of private is is there a similar thing happening you know in, in, in irish culture where people are saying like this sort of seventh sun thing kills what did you call it kills blood Kyo's, Kyo's blood. What is of. that? So if you're like uh, the oldest or the youngest member of a, of a family of seven, uh, Kyo's, K-E-O, what's, I guess the equivalent here is Kiho. Do you have Kiho's here? Kyo's, it's an Irish family name. Okay. But we grew up with a family of Kyo's. And I have a friend who's a farmer and he was always getting ringworm. And he wasn't particularly into the folk medicine side of things, but nothing would ever cure his ringworm, but he would go to see Barney Kyo. <laughs> Barney would would prick his, his finger, drop yeah. some of his blood, his holy blood on it, say a prayer, and th- yeah. the ringworm would, would cure. You know, it's it amazing. Was, it, it, so it's interesting like, to hear it in these terms because it's like I'm hearing what you've had to go through in terms of like, Regulation, right? Mm-hmm. Which happens all the time. Like you talk to people who do just even just selling Anything, food, right? right? And you kind of this layer and layer and layer to get at, you know, this product that you know people have sort of generationally understood to be good for them, you know, or at least not bad for them, right? I mean, right. but I mean, I guess with, with cannabis doesn't have like a particular culture in, in Acadiana, right? I mean, like, or, or maybe oh we, yeah, it does. <laughs> Maybe outside, it's not its followers. Maybe at the Bayou Celtic Festival. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We might need to go check we out are that festival. family-friendly festival. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, going back to, I think it's, 
not a case of marketing, although you know it's easily marketable. I think it's just very easy to connect people to to plants and nature, you know, especially you know, seeing as we've gone away from that for a long while. I think it's the easiest thing in the world is like, you know. Well, and when you break it down to where they can understand it and it's in layman terms and not all these scientific yeah. names and you explain to them and show them the the studies and the, the information that go behind it and what it does and what it works and you got true testimonies of people that are actually yeah. members of the community, it helps. But even the way you put it here today, like where you say, you know, we have, you know, CBD receptors built into our body, you know what I mean? I mean, once you explain that, we're, you know, we're already kind of set up to, to take in this medicine at a pretty natural level, people get it, I think. I hope they get it. Well, and like I said, goes going back to the COAs, when we go to harvest our crop, we can't harvest it without the state come and do a test, pulling our flower and testing it to make sure that THC level is below the legal limit. If it isn't, then they destroy our crop, and that's hard to watch. I've never had to watch. I've never had to do it, but other farmers have. Um, and that's another thing. My husband's got a very good eye. He can look at a plant and look at the trichomes on it and tell wow. you if it's yeah. if it's hot or not. So once you explain to people the breakdown on how it's done, who regulates it, and you show them all the information that goes along with it, they're a little bit more open to learning more and trying. Um, I've actually given people samples at the jockey lot. I'm like, here, your back hurts. Let's rub this salve on it. Go walk a couple lo loops and come back and see me. Or here, take this oil, come back and see me. And they always come back and buy. Does, does it matter how well it's grown to whether it's like Absolutely. if your husband's particularly skilled, right, at, yes. being, at growing this stuff, does it matter in terms of like that salve that's going to end up on somebody's back? Yeah, you, I mean, you, you want a good high quality boutique type flower, which is usually grown indoors. We, we grow hydroponically. Like I said, we don't grow. I mean, we have some that are in soil as well, but. It's all about what's put on that plant when it's grown or yeah. when it's... It's very, it, it, I, it's very scientific at this stage. I mean, just like with regular plants and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have bugs, you're going to have pesticides, you're going to have fungus, but we don't treat with any chemicals. Everything is done with other herbs I'm and sure oils. You give, you give and, it exactly the fertilizer, yeah, the M right. MPK. And, and we need. have scientists on staff with us that can come in and, and do different testing and different things and tell us exactly what that plant is, is lacking, whether it's... I don't know what, what the plants have and, you know, don't have, but, I mean, they can tell us exactly yeah. what we need to do to, to fix it. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking with Crystal Grayson of Zerillo Cannabis and Tony Davern of Irish Guy Landscaping and the Celtic Bayou Festival. Tony, um, you mentioned weather being a big factor, right, in your landscaping business, but weather, I would imagine, also plays a pretty big role in, in running an outdoor music festival. So, so why go into another seasonally dependent business with, with the Celtic Bayou Festival? Well, the festival is a particular passion of my wife and I's. So, uh, I mean, we don't do it for profit or for anything other than to, you know, bring some traditional, authentic Irish and Celtic culture to uh, the Lafayette area. But yeah, we've had our problems in the past with weather, especially with outdoor festivals. Right now we're back at Warehouse 535, although we haven't been there for a while, but we're hoping to be back. Fingers crossed, everyone, for uh, 2022. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, there's, there's always a few things. We, ha you, we were the first festival to get hit by the recent COVID uh, shutdown. It happened literally the night before. Uh, we were ready to start our festival in 2020. So that kind of stung. But fingers crossed we'll be back at Warehouse 535 uh, this coming year. I mean, it seems to me that it, 
what it comes down to, and it, I guess this is true of any business, right, is is that what comes out is really a product of the care that you put into it. Right? Absolutely. So, so if you're like looking for something that's going to work, you're looking for a, a good way to, to to beautify your yard. I mean, you really do have to take have people that are that are putting the care and, and the passion into what they do. And, and it's clear both of you bring that or sort of like um, and, and, and a level of open mindedness new, which is awesome to hear. So um, Tony and Crystal, it was great having you both on the show. Thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Crystal Grayson of Zerillo Cannabis and Tony Daverin of Irish Guy Landscaping and the Celtic Bayou Festival. Uh, this show was recorded at KRVS Cypress Lake Studio and edited fit in our time slot uh, broadcast on KRVS. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Crystal and Tony and what they do by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast, which you can find anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from the show on itsacadiana.com and on our social media. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by Kieran McIntosh. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Jan Risher. Our researcher is Claire Como. I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit source for local news. And for more local news and commentary, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our newsletter. I'll see you here again next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 